Hello and welcome to the Fresh Start Podcast, a show where we share success principles, explore the stories, experiences, and journey of real people in order to provide newcomers with strategies to succeed. My name is David Ojenga. On today's episode, I will be talking to Dr. Jamal Alshari. Dr. Jamal holds a PhD in surgery from Wuhan University. He is the founder and president of Humans for Peace Institution. He is a recipient of the Senate of Canada Sesquicentennial Medal, Provis of Ontario Volunteer Award by the Government of Canada, Award by Council of Arab League Ambassadors in Canada, and many others. Dr. Al Sharif is a super volunteer in the local community. He volunteers yearly for Terry Fox Run for Cure, Hami Run, Community Soccer Corp, Shepherds of Good Hope, and many others. As a recent immigrant, it's amazing to see him not only thrive in the Canadian society, but also give back to the community and help other newcomers establish themselves. Now, a prominent figure in the Chinese, Arabic, South Asian, Latin American, Ukrainian communities in Ottawa. He works closely with Canadians from all backgrounds to address social challenges. His recent effort focused on Syrian newcomers by helping them to integrate and give back to the community and volunteer for different causes such as CHEO, the Canadian Blood Services and the Ottawa Inuit Children's Centre. His initiatives promote gender equality and empowerment of female immigrants as well as youths and children with PTSD. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Jamal Al-Sharif. Welcome to the show and thank you for joining us, Dr. Jamal. Thank you for this nice introduction. It's a pleasure to be with you too. Can you tell us about what led you to where you are today? Well, I believe in humanity more than anything. I believe that uh, we are equal. We're born different, but uh, no matter of uh, where we're born, what language we speak, what color we have, uh, what religion we believe in, we are humans. So we have to trust each other. We have to support each other. And every time my belief get deeper, especially recently with the coronavirus, uh, many people start looking to China and thinking, oh, the virus started in China. Oh, who cares? Uh, People dying there, who cares? But this small virus taught us a lot. This this small virus taught us that anything happens on this earth could knock our door. Anything happened in the East, could come to the West within with seconds. So we have to believe in ourselves. We have to believe in humanity. We have to help others, not because they are uh, in this country or because they are speaking this language. No, the only reason we have to, uh, to help each other, it's because we are human. What compelled you to become actively involved in the community? How did you get started? Um, can you tell us the major orders you personally faced and how you overcame them? Well, I think it's you, you need to know a little bit about my story so you will understand why I'm thinking this. Uh, I was born for two uh, parents who are uh, Palestinian. My mom was a refugee to Lebanon and my dad to Egypt, then to Jordan. They met in Libya where I was born. 
Then we moved to Iraq, then to Jordan, then to Saudi Arabia, uh, then back to Jordan. Then I went to Moscow to, to start my undergrad. I did my language training there. Then I went to Kiev and Crimea to finish my undergrad. From there, I went back to Jordan to open my clinic in medicine, where I practiced for a year. And from uh, there, I secured a scholarship in China. I went to China, to Wuhan City, I think it's very famous now, uh, to do my master and PhD. Uh, over there, I uh, also worked in the university, in the hospital, and in, uh, from there, we immigrated uh, from uh, China to uh, Canada. Uh, I think all these countries where I lived, all these places where I traveled, all these people I met, all this experience made me a global citizen. So when you ask me where you're from, it's, it's one of the hardest questions I, became, I want to answer because it needs an explanation. I do feel that I'm, I'm Arabian, Asian, uh, American, North American, Latino. Uh, I, I don't know where I'm from. I believe that I'm a human on this earth and I believe that we all have to respect each other. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, continue to do that. That's the only way we can live on this small earth. Mm, thank you. That's, that's so uh, when, when, when I, I used to volunteer all my life uh, in the university where I studied my, my master and my undergrad, I used to be an active member of many activities uh, in the city. Uh, then um, I was uh, uh, very active in, in the art communities in, in Crimea, and I helped uh, to build uh, this kind of integrated art between Russian and non-Russian. Uh, then uh, when I moved to China, I did also uh, work with many groups uh, as a volunteer and help in international relations between our university and other universities. When I moved to Canada, I felt that this is the land of volunteerism. People over here like to volunteer uh, no, regardless of their age, regardless of their health status. So I was like, oh my God, like this guy is, he's eight years old and he's volunteering and I'm, I'm, I'm still young and I do, don't do anything. So I start to volunteer more and more. Uh, I think in one year I did almost uh, 12,200 uh, uh, hours of volunteering. Wow. The second year, I bet that uh, record, and I did like uh, more than that. I don't remember the exact number, so I don't want to give you. A... But but I was like trying to compete in the beginning with others, but then I start competing with my own record. So I be I believed in 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 voluntary because it is a way of networking. It is a way of encouraging others to know you, but it's again a way to make yourself the happiest on this earth mm -hmm. the smile you can draw on people you help mm -hmm. the smile you can draw on faces of those children mm -hmm. it's uh, priceless thank you so much for that yeah. and thank you for the impacts you're having on the lives of people and um, also on the on the organizations where you're actively involved. You mentioned that you got a scholarship to go to Wuhan, China to do your uh, master's. And then you said you moved from China to Canada. So what compelled you to make that transition from China to Canada? From China to Canada? Yes. Uh, well, it was, 
uh, we met a Canadian lady. She was very nice and spoke uh, beautifully about Canada. So when we start, uh, me and my wife, searching more. Uh, we we had a good life in China. We had a good job, both of us. But uh, we thought, uh, why not? Uh, why not trying a place, uh, multiculturalism, uh, more, more of... Uh, uh, opportunities for our children to learn languages and know more people. So uh, we send our application to the embassy and we get approved within one and a half years. <laughs> and here we are. Oh, wow. And um, how has it been since you moved to Canada? Apart from oh, it's been challenging, up and down, nice days and bad days, as usual. You know, this is life. Uh, nothing like... Uh, uh, Canada is is a, is, is a nice country. Uh, I don't uh, blame or I don't say that uh, uh, anything can be uh, just like perfect. It's a normal country. There is uh, uh, some challenges. Uh, one of them uh, is the uh, reequivocation officially for doctors. Uh, it was very hard uh, for uh, when when I came here to Canada. It was one of the hardest degrees to reevaluate uh, the, the dentist. Uh, you need a lot of money, a lot of time, uh, years of restudy to reevaluate your degree. And uh, I tried all my best, but uh, it, it was, again, uh, not simple and not easy. I hope the government of Canada will uh, understand that uh, immigrants, when they're coming with their degrees, they are human uh, resource. Any country is proud of uh, several things in, in history and life. So usually uh, natural resources is one of the most important things for any country to think about. Mm -hmm. But the second thing is the human resource. So people studying abroad, they, they come here with, with degrees, with high education. It doesn't matter where you studied from England or it's from uh, Africa or Asia or, or Europe, you know, you still need you need to do a lot of uh, reevaluation, mm -hmm. which is normal, uh, especially in medicine. It's normal, but the things is uh, they do not give opportunities for for like when you're speaking about uh, my reevaluation needs around two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> it's like insane. It's insane. And you know, the only things, yeah, when you become a dentist, you can make this within two years. Oh, thank you. <laughs> this is not an answer. This is not an answer. If you want me to work here, you have to put me in mandatory whatever classes you think it's okay for me to do. And then to put me in an exam, it's not a business. It's you bringing doctors here to cover the gap we have in the medical system, which we all know living in Canada, we know how people struggle to find a physician or a specialist. I'm a maxilla facial specialist. I finished my study uh, in uh, facial tumors. I did uh, in uh, some research on tissues and uh, reconstruction of facial, facial uh, tissues after uh, tumors, which is very rare uh, specialty. And I do believe that Canada needs this kind of speciality because uh, it's, again, not only rare, but it's very important for, for, for patients. And again, this is the questions uh, being putting in front of the government, uh, not for a year, not for 10, it's been there forever. So how we can uh, integrate these newcomer doctors within the societies? There is a joke. Uh, going around between uh, people that the best 
place to have a heart attack in Toronto is in a, in a cab or in a taxi because most probably your taxi driver will be a doctor. It's a job, but I'm telling you, it's, it's a painful job. It's a painful job. There is a comedy movie uh, being done by Bollywood, uh, the Indian uh, movie industry, uh, about uh, doctors in Canada. You know, they, the Bollywood start making uh, a movie about how doctors struggle to be a doctor in Canada. Mm-hmm. It's called Dr. Cabby. I don't know if you watched it or not, but I recommend everybody to. It's a comedy. It's a nice movie. But mm-hmm. for everybody, when, when they watch it, they laugh. For me, it's pain. It's, mm-hmm. it's pain because it mm-hmm. touched me directly. It's, it shows how hard for any doctor uh, to, to be a doctor here in Canada. I don't say that you have to put any doctor in the market directly. Uh, it's insane. It's, it's wrong. But again, uh, if you want me to just know the medication in Canada, you can make me a, a, a test or, or give me a course, which is normal. Anyway, far away from that, uh, there, will be, uh, there were some challenges um, and uh, I did understand these challenges and that's what make me more active in the committee. That's what make me, what make me uh, understanding the challenges every immigrant have. For example, a small challenge that maybe many Canadians don't understand. When you arrive to Canada and you want to rent an apartment, Everybody asks you about reference, but you don't, any, you don't know anybody in this country. Where did you, where, where you can bring a reference, okay? So basically, if you want to do uh, anything, they ask you about the Canadian experience. Mm-hmm. Okay, how I can build the Canadian experience if you don't give me a chance to do a Canadian work? So all these challenges that uh, many Canadians maybe don't understand because they didn't go through that. Maybe their grandparents went through, but not themselves. And uh, that's why I stepped in and start being more active uh, in this. So we organized, we, we, we founded, me and my friends, we founded um, an organization called Humans for Peace. And that's where we believe that uh, we would like to make on the human, not on the political, because Countries, uh, they have their own ministers, their lawyers, their advocates it's on that international level. I'm not doing this. Uh, I'm not a politician. I'm not going to do that. It's a, a whole another world. But what I'm doing is me and you, regardless of our skin colors, we can sit and have a coffee together mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. any problems mm-hmm. and talk about food, music, art, culture, life your challenges, my challenges. Mm-hmm. And by the end, we say goodbye to each other, wish each other peace and love, mm-hmm. and go home with a smile. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We, we built a school in Madagascar through this organization. And when people ask me, why Madagascar? I say, why not Madagascar? I believed in education. I believe children in any country deserve a good education and mm-hmm. that what makes future of country because if we give these children the right of the education one of them at least can change the whole country future mm-hmm. so believing in others i will do that small piece somewhere there you will do the other piece somewhere there and this puzzle will end beautiful clean mm-hmm. but if you 
say, okay, this piece is not mine. I can't do anything. What is it? It's a small piece in this big puzzle in this world. Mm-hmm. I can't change anything. And the other person will get lazy and do the same. And the third and the fourth, we will not move forward. But if everybody step one step forward, it's mm-hmm. seven billion steps forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what we need. Well, that's what we, we would like to encourage everybody, that everybody is important. Mm. It doesn't matter if it is a child or an adult, if it's a woman or a man, everybody is important. I give you another example. Mm-hmm. When uh, the Syrian refugee children came to Canada with the uh, wave in 2016, I stepped in with our organization and we tried to make some art classes for them to help them to uh, fight the PTSD or post-traumatic uh, syndrome, uh, stress syndrome. So we, uh, uh, we understood that uh, there is a chance to help these children and we give them opportunities with, with art materials and, and painting materials and we brought some teachers. But then when we looked at these paintings, we, we were amazed of the feeling inside the, of the uh, colorful painting, of the dreams behind the painting. So we organized uh, exhibitions and we sold these paintings on, on, on an auction. We collected over $5,000. Hmm. And when I asked these children, what do you want to do with them? They told me we would like to donate them for sick children in Canada. Mm-hmm. Canada helped us, and we would like to help the Canadian children. Mm-hmm. We went to the CHEER, which is the local hospital of uh, children hospital of Eastern Ontario, and we uh, donated these money, fully donated uh, for, for the children and the cause in this hospital. You can't believe that these ch- the proudness, the, the, the feeling in these children, mm-hmm. everybody is speaking about, Syrian refugee that, oh, we help the Syrian refugee to integrate in the community. We help the Syrian refugee to do this and do that. We help them to furnish their houses. Nobody said that the Syrian refugee children helped Canadian sick children. Mm. So that, 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 that the feeling in these children, the feeling of how they felt, how they uh, uh, being proud, how they, they went back to school to tell all children, oh, we did this project and we, 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 we are now Canadians. We are part of it. So that was the speciality, I would say, in our organization with the Syrian refugees. So we did not try to come and say, okay, uh, we would like to help you and uh, uh, furnish your apartment. No, 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 no. We, we, we are thinking about how to give them a chance to be part of the societies by understanding volunteerism, by understanding charity. Uh, we did another project to help Inuit children, like indigenous children, mm-hmm. by Syrian refugees. Mm. I bet you ask thousands of newcomers about uh, indigenous matters, they won't understand that much, you know, because mm-hmm. they didn't learn that. In- mm-hmm. But... When we went to these indigenous children and we sat together, we played together, the Syrian children who just came three, four months before, they start wondering why they called Inuit children, mm. what, why they look different, why they eat, what they eat, what they, 
How do they live? Where do they live? What's the number of the Inuit? So all these questions, it, it, they became a lesson for them and they will not, will not forget it forever because they, they, they lived it. It's not just a lesson like a teacher come and say, okay, that's the number and what they eat, how they, they live. No, no, no. It was a life lesson. Mm. Oh, wow. That's, that's very impressive. And um, considering the fact that came in with, um, um, as, as a different, in a different profession and as a dentist, and you've been able to pivot into another um, career. So you, you pointed out some of the challenges that newcomers face when they come to Canada. In your own experience and from what you've seen around you, what are the ways that you think that newcomers can bridge that gap between their own experience from where they're coming, the Canadian experience, apart from those who are in specialized professions like law, medicine, dentistry, pharmacy, and all of that, like people in the financial service industry, people in other industry, how do you think they can bridge that gap? Uh, Well, they, I, I, I bet every newcomer would like to start working the second day. That's his dream. He doesn't want to stay here and, and sit and live on social help or government help. But I think the these questions need to be addressed. Big company, big uh, enterprise, all these uh, businesses around the country. How you can integrate these newcomers, get their skills, get their experience, and uh, improve your services. Improve your services. For example, banking services here in Canada, they are uh, not bad, but they need improvement. And if you compare it with some countries in the Middle East, you say, wow, over there is, is higher standards. Some of these countries, they have higher security. Uh, so why not? Why not we learn from each other? This is the world. It's uh, especially with, 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 with not government services. I'm speaking with, with the uh, entrepreneurship. So uh, we can learn from these newcomers because they brought a, a, a different experience. Uh, they, they, they brought with them a different uh, uh, vision of, of organizations. Uh, they lived these or they worked it, uh, so they had experience. So the word uh, Canadian experience, I understood it later. It's a very important because the challenges in, in, in the uh, Canadian uh, workplace is a little bit different. It's uh, there are some some rules you need to respect, but again, it could be taught. There there is nothing hard to learn. It's not a, a rocket science, so it could be learned. But again, if you merge these newcomers with your within your organization, you will start seeing new visions, a new way to improve your market a way to improve your audience or, or, or your target uh, customers. So why not? You know, why not? Because it is good for the organization or the company and it's good for those newcomers who will start finding. But sadly, it's still not on that level. So uh, it's still there. Uh, th- there is a challenge for every newcomer uh, to find a job in their field. And I know, and you know, all audience know how many people came here to Canada. They had to change their field to have to uh, go on a new study just to get themselves into the market as possible. They want to feed their children. 
uh, again, as I said, the target is not just to come and sit on the government uh, assistance, to be a protective. And uh, I, I, I know that most of the immigrants came here to Canada to find a better life for themselves, for their children, and for their next generation. Uh, I think this needs to be taken seriously. Uh, um, there are many organizations in the market uh, for resettlements, targeting, helping uh, uh, finding jobs. And But you know what? Let me be frank with you. I know some of them will get angry. Let me be honest. Most of them work to get the right grant from the right, from the, so mm-hmm. they work for a project because they know this project will get a grant from the government. That's the mm-hmm. whole, yeah. So taking picture, making uh, whatever uh, uh, classes or a meeting with those newcomers. Okay, we did that and that's all. That's what we have to do, you know, and then send these uh, pictures to make, uh, to, to apply for a grant and, where, where are the results? Mm-hmm. Where are the results? How many you did employ? So how many you did uh, integrate within the community? How many you helped with? So there are very successful organization. I don't want to say everyone, mm-hmm. but again, uh, the whole idea of these resettlement agencies need to, um, uh, I think, redone somehow mm-hmm. to be more effective. It's mm-hmm. not uh, how many... Uh, classes or how many courses you made to teach me how to write my resume you Mm -hmm. know i do understand like the resume here in canada a little bit different but you know within 15 minutes for a doctor it's not difficult to understand the new resume Uh, i don't need five six hours Mm -hmm. and i i mean this this is kind of some examples i hope it will improve and I see it, and I know that some organizations really do a lot of work to help newcomers. Uh, but again, um, you need to put your hand on the wound, mm-hmm. not not on uh, not far away from it. Mm-hmm. 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 You can't you can't heal a wound just putting your your hand a meter away from it. Mm-hmm. Wow! Wow! Yeah, it, um, I think you you alluded to um, a similar thing that someone told me last week that um, some of these agencies are just um, doing some some of these programs to just tick the boxes and um, just um, be able to prove to the government that the grant that was given to them was implemented and um, they don't really follow up with their candidates. So I think that's a big gap that um, um, need to be filled for newcomers. And I hope that with, with this platform, um, the right people would hear that and be able to start making changes. Um, that that leads me to um, the next question. You mentioned that you know what you mentioned what the governments can do in order to help newcomers, but you didn't touch on what you think newcomers themselves can do in order for them to integrate into the Canadian job market and also the Canadian. Um, society as a whole? Well, any newcomers need to understand this is uh, his new house. Mm -hmm. This is the home he -hmm. dreamed about. Uh, He needs to understand this country, a normal country with plus and minus, with positive and negative things. He needs to understand how to integrate within within the mainstream and to uh, 
respect the law. Uh, it, it is very easy, especially as I said, with volunteerism, uh, you can go volunteer for any organization. Welcome. And you will understand this. Sure, you'll understand. You'll start talking. You'll start talking to uh, uh, organization. You will understand how it works, you know. You will improve your English. Again, the language is very important or your French. Uh, the language is very important. And Canada is one of the country that respect languages, uh, even uh, not only the official languages, but even the minority language. Uh, there are schools for these uh, minority languages. They respect your religion. They respect your culture. So you have to respect culture, your people around you, uh, regardless, again, of their beliefs or, or religions or language or backgrounds. Uh, I think this is a challenge for some people. But again, uh, if you step in the water, you have to understand that you need to swim. Mm -hmm. you, can't, you can't say, okay, I came here and I want everything back, back from home. So... Uh, coming here, it comes with challenges, and you have to now with the internet era. It's very under, it's very easy to understand these challenges, at least to know them before you come. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, there are some surprises for sure. Again, it's a new country, new culture, but most of the things are being published in many articles. People wrote about them, so they were really like I don't know, maybe ten percent of surprises, but everything else you can be prepared so prepare yourself um, i know many people start especially newcomers they complain about the uh, cold mm -hmm. uh, but again people start adopting within one three years maximum and they become normal okay yeah it, it's cold especially here in ottawa i would say like it's one of the coldest cities in, in canada but again you can adapt uh, i i i don't know if i can adapt to to the heat, for example, in some countries, they are over 50 degree now in the middle of the day. So again, it's still come with challenges, but people adapt, people live in these countries. So why not me? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, thank you so much for that. And um, the next, which is similar to the next questions, um, what, what are the biggest mistakes you see newcomers make about themselves? I think number one is uh, not learning the language uh, because uh, it's the key. It's the key. If you want to do anything, I've seen some newcomers being lazy with learning languages. Uh, there are some some uh, some uh, people who come here. Actually, they are uh, literate, so they 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 speak their own language, but they can't write it or read it. Mm -hmm. It is a challenging for them to learn a new language. Uh, there are some people who uh, start learning the language, uh, their children learning the language much faster than them. Mm -hmm. And when they start making mistakes, these children start laughing from them. And that makes them confused because, oh, 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 my son starts, so I don't want to speak English in front of him. And that is really a huge challenge for many parents or grandparents. Mm -hmm. Uh, which nobody talks about, you know, which nobody talks about. There are, I, I've seen some newcomers say, we don't want to, to, to learn English because we've seen our children laughing at us when we talk to others or in the supermarket. So i rather take my son, let him translate. <laughs> but again, uh, sooner or later, you need this language. So mm -hmm. 
language is number one. Number two is to under understand the challenges around you mm -hmm. and uh, try to find the niche. Try to find the niche. Try to find understand to understand what the society needs. And you know what? I'm telling you one thing that those newcomers they have brilliant ideas because they lived in different society uh, and they could adopt. For example, I I had a plumber who came to my house. He's a Syrian refugee. Mm -hmm. So there was a problem with, with my sink and we tried, we tried, and we, we brought some machinery. It didn't work. So he said, you know what? In Syria, we do it this way. Let's try it. And we did it. It worked. So hmm. a simple solution because he's seen something different, seen, hmm. uh, you know, you've been working with, with no tools or simple tools to solve big problems. So these people, like, I would say they have really talent. So why not using this talent to uh, do a business or, or to improve the field they are in? Uh, it, it is a big opportunity. It's the land of opportunities and mm -hmm. they can really fit in this society. It's easy to, it's, well, it's not easy to fit, but if you have a unique idea, believe me, you can really make your your and good living and and there are many startup companies who just start from nothing and now they are space eight hmm. wow wow that's that's really impressive and um i look forward to meeting some of those people who have been able to start from nothing and make something out of their lives um so back to which back to my next question is what is one myth about newcomers that you want to debunk? Well, I would, I would say like newcomers, most of different. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, many, many Canadian think newcomers are easier, but I would say no. Usually maybe would say some refugees. I would say no. Many refugees I've known, they really started mm -hmm. and they've, proven that they did a great job uh, i know some of them uh, doing uh, even like hand hand art painting music like in every field food industry and they, they are doing great job it's not the things that, uh, it they need the opportunities they need just to lead them you know for some of them even the the idea of making a a business or to register a business it's a big deal because in, in those countries or some countries around the world to register a business you need maybe two three months ton of papers a mm -hmm. lot of money to register this business over here in Canada they don't know that you can do it within one two hours over internet with two three hundred dollars that's mm -hmm. all you can register your company so these things they don't know that's the whole ideas you know they they don't know that you can rent, for example, tools from Home Depot. They mm -hmm. don't know. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's a big challenge for some, some small, small companies who are starting. Okay. Oh, I need to buy this and this and that. And this machine is very expensive. So forget it. I can't do this business. No, you can do it because you can rent it. You don't need to buy it. You can rent this time. Then later on, maybe we can buy it. But now you can rent it for a small project. So these small things that they don't know, Mm -hmm. uh, I think it is a huge challenge. So that's the only reason why you see them doing this very slow with caution. Uh, it's not like others. Uh, I think this is the math uh, I would 
say, and uh, yep, they, they, they are most of people who arrive to Canada, they are happy to be here mm-hmm. and they love to be here and they want to build this country and they start feeling that this is their home. Um, I, I actually, uh, it's maybe the first time I'm speaking about this, but one of the important things that many newcomers, maybe it's related to the previous, uh, they don't know much about them. And when we're speaking and when you hearing in the TV that the Canadian government trying to reconciliation within, I start asking myself a simple question, you know, uh, if I don't, if I want to understand the, uh, let's say the Moroccan culture, mm-hmm. that's an example. You start meeting people. Mm-hmm. You start asking them or going to their restaurant to eat their food, mm-hmm. go to their festival to see mm-hmm. their uh, culture, to see how they dance, what they do in the uh, weddings, what they do in, in, on, on, in, on different anniversaries, what they, uh, how they celebrate their uh, kind of, of celebration or, or festivals, okay? Mm-hmm. So all these things can teach you who are these people. But sadly, when I start asking the same questions about indigenous, even people who lived here for all their life, they don't know what indigenous people eat. How do they celebrate their festivals? What they do at weddings? What they do on on these stuff? Why they wear this kind of clothes? Why they wear like feathers? Why do they do that? What what do they pray? All these questions. So I do actually uh, applied for uh, a fund to to make a documentary about the indigenous people and go to their uh, reserves and, and villages, live with them to understand how, however, this project was uh, rejected. And sadly, because I'm not a fund writer, I, I didn't write it as those government bodies, they want me to write the fund. But the whole idea failed because of... So I hope... Uh, one day we can really make something about it. Uh, let people understand uh, more about the indigenous people. Mm. Uh, we live in their land, on their land. Uh, we have to respect them. Mm-hmm. We have to uh, understand them. But all that can't be done without knowing them. I can't respect and understand you without knowing you. Mm-hmm. Without knowing how do you think, what do you believe in, what 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 do you like to eat? How do you celebrate your holidays? What what do you do in in these days or those days? So really, this is a topic that is very important for me, and I hope one day we can do it. I hope so too. I hope so. And you're, you're absolutely right. Um, except we intentionally make the effort to learn about these cultures it's very, very difficult to understand the pain, the challenges, the lifestyle of the... And that even, it's not only limited to the um, indigenous people. It's also um, learning about people from different cultures, people from other tribes, you know, so that in order for us to be able to take off that unconscious bias that um, are present or that we all have, what advice would you give to your younger self? Uh, to younger generation, you mean? To your younger self or younger generation. Just like uh, uh, talking like you're, you're having a conversation with the younger Jamal. I, 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 
I will not regret whatever I made in in uh, everything I made for a reason, and it led me to what I'm now. I will not change anything. I will not uh, do anything different. Uh, but uh, the only things I would say, I would give more. I would do. Uh, I would start uh, what I started now ten years earlier, so I could help more people, help more children around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would really. Uh, give an advice to any young human being on this. Believe in yourself. Believe that this land, this earth is your home. It's not only the house you live in. It's not only the country. Believe that your neighbor from other countries, from other continents are your brothers. Love for them what you love for yourself. And believe me, we will have better future. Mm. Sadly, we've done a lot of wars, like our generation, previous generation, we've done a lot of wars, we've killed a lot of people, but I believe in the future uh, because we have brilliant youth, they are very clever Mm -hmm. and they can really change the future for better. I hope we can leave them a better place so they can start a little bit uh, with, with more courage we can encourage them we can hold them up and uh, i believe in them i believe in them i know that they will do their best to build to rebuild what we've we've done what keeps you motivated to keep going with humans for peace institution uh the people behind this organization i do not work by myself in this organization yes i founded it i directed it but uh, again the people every single person we have over 6000 members now in this organization yes some of them are not active but still their courage their vision uh, give us a positive push always to the front uh, everybody who helped this organization donated i believe in 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 this cause uh, all these people are the, the reason why we, we, we do what we uh, Again, our website is humanspeace.org. simple. Go see what we've did, see what we're doing. Uh, every single project finished with love, and but this pain always give us motivation for the next. Wow. Thank you so much for the amazing work you're doing with the Humans for Peace Institution. During the pandemic time, uh, we've been all sitting at home, uh, having a hard time to uh, just keep reading and hearing all the news about uh, this virus. So me and my friend, his name is Muhammad Al-Tamimi, we started a TV channel uh, on, on the social media. And we start talking about positive things to encourage people uh, to go through this pandemic, start spreading the uh, scientific facts about viruses and how to keep our family and ourselves uh, healthy. However, our project growth with, with, with uh, the group of people who joined us. Now we have 20 weekly programs speaking about 20 subjects and it goes every single week. We are targeting people in in, in all the world who speak uh, Arabic, uh, trying to uh, be positive with high-class materials, with the interviews with uh, professional people, with the interviews with, with people who can encourage us to be better ourselves. 
so this this kind of project really uh, took a lot of time recently from me, but I feel it it aligned with my with my mind with, and uh, I would like to thank everybody who participate in a program or in in preparing for uh, one of these shows on Canar TV. I would like to thank my co-founder. I would like to thank all audience, everybody who ever uh, give us a positive uh, thinking, positive idea. Uh, it, it is very important for me now. Uh, this project is growing fast and I hope we can uh, find more people who believe in this project so we can make it really big to, uh, uh, to, to spread the right information uh, for uh, people who would like to hear it. Okay. All right. Where can um, our listeners find you? Canar TV Live. It's on Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Canar TV Live. All right. To round up the conversation, we'll do lightning round questions. Tell me about your best day and tell me about your worst day and what did you do about those? Uh, best day when uh, I think I was born. I Maybe I don't remember this day, but uh, on that day, I... I... I believe that I be humans, so this is one of my best. Uh, worst day, uh, I I do not have a, a worst day because every single uh, mistake or 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 problems I have in this life, it, it makes me stronger. So even those days where I lost people or 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 uh, I failed, uh, they give me courage to be stronger. So I I always feel positive. I feel. Every single day is a happy. Wow. 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 I wish um, we all have that kind of mindset where we wake up energized, excited about every day. Um, I hope that everyone listening today would adopt the mindset of Dr. Jamal in that regard that, um, you know, waking up every day with a sense of gratitude and believing that it's going to be a great day. And um, also looking, having a different perspective about it like you rightly mentioned that everything that happened happened for a reason so um even though something happens on that day you don't think this is the end of the world but you believe that this is a puzzle in the whole grand scheme of things and things will turn out great for me if you were to write a book on newcomers and careers what would your title be and why would you choose that title um maybe tomorrow Hmm. Maybe that's the title, tomorrow, because every day we're looking for the tomorrow day. And when tomorrow comes, we look for the other tomorrow. So that's what gives us, we always, so maybe the best tomorrow. Wow. Okay. What part of your day do you enjoy most? Uh, morning. Morning. Uh, I think uh, because uh, I feel uh, relaxed. I feel that on this time I have to uh, set up my day. So I always write on a small paper the most important things on that day. And uh, by the end of the day, I, I look at that paper. I see most of the things are done. So I feel also happy, but uh, a little bit tired because I do a lot of things. I go to relax, go to sleep. Again, the next morning, I feel refreshed, happy uh, with my coffee and this piece of paper with all my... T- Wow, that's good. That's, that's very impressive. Um, what is the last book you read? It's called The Secret. Uh, again, this book is uh, it's an old book. I read it uh, recently. 
it's uh, showing us uh, the positive thinking, uh, how we have to keep thinking positively. Uh, it was a good book. Uh, I think uh, it aligned with my thinking. Uh, always think positive. Uh, it's mostly about the magnet of positivity, the secret. All right. Thank you so much for that. What does Fresh Start mean to you? Okay, I got it. Uh, uh, you know, uh, again, every single morning is a fresh start. Every new step you do in your life is a fresh start. So never ever carry with you the negativity from the uh, past experience. Only carry with you the uh, positivity. Uh, and that will give you a fresh start. It will give you a clear future because it will transform your life, the life of, of your uh, children, people who are around you. Uh, look at every fresh start of the cup of coffee you have. It's been through many processes, and now it's inside your cup for you, especially for you, brought from the far, far away. It it's really makes the smile on your face, and that's how you start your life and your morning and that's how you can transform this smile to your face to uh, transform it to other or to show it to others. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Fresh Start. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with someone you know and love. Please go ahead and subscribe on any platform you listen to your podcast. And also please take a moment to leave us a review because that would help us to reach more audience. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at FreshStartOrb. If you know any newcomer you think would be a good fit to interview for the podcast, we'd like to hear from you. Please go to www.thefreshstartup.com to nominate someone. We appreciate you and remember, no matter how hard the past is, you can always begin again. Take care and have a great week.